Welcome to the Wesley Memorial Podcast. Join us this Sunday at 1225 Chestnut Drive in High Point. Visit us on the web at wesleymemorial.org. Now here is this week's message. Will be a great time of great salvation and great healing for all of us. So thank you for giving of yourself to this time. It's important that we come together in worship. Thank you for being here today. We are in the midst of a sermon series on finding joy. And today we're talking about finding joy in the midst of, of anxiety. And those are not necessarily mutually exclusive. We can experience both in life, sometimes experience both at the same time in life. And we're going to be talking about that for a few moments. You probably know that Jesus is not a big fan of anxiety or worry. He actually says something very, very challenging, at least to me and I suspect to you. In his Sermon on the Mount, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. That's hard, isn't it? You know, telling me not to worry about my life is like, you know, trying really, really, really hard to fall asleep. You know, that's just hard. The harder I try to fall asleep, the more sleep seems to elude me. It's hard to just tell me not to worry about my life. There's, there's so much about this world around us that fills us with anxiety. Anxiety is just a feeling of worry or nervousness or dis-ease or unease. That's what anxiety is. Back at the end of the Second World War and at the um, beginning of the Cold War, W.H. Alden wrote a poem that was like I think all of his poetry, almost indecipherable. But the title was good. The title is, in, is The Age of Anxiety. And he was writing after Second World War, the beginning of the Cold War. But I don't think things have changed much with our world. We are still very much in an age of anxiety. I've had to limit the amount of news I watch. We find ourselves in the midst of a 24-7 news cycle, and I just can't take that much news. So I take it in very small doses because I want to preserve my soul, preserve my spirit, preserve my mind, and I'm really careful about how much toxic material I take in on any given day. We're in an age of anxiety, and it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, Jesus did say to us, do not worry about your life. And that is hard. There's something about the human constitution and the nature of life that just brings a lot of worry to us. We have a lot to worry about in this world. We worry about our own selves, our own health, our own jobs, our own financial security. And then there's the people in our lives that we love. We worry about them. We worry about the uh, spiritual prosperity of their lives. We worry about the relationships in their lives. We worry about their security. And then, of course, there's this wonderful, 
world around us that fills us with a lot of worry. Almost every day we hear about disasters that are plaguing the planet. You know, now we hear about some strange new virus that's coming our way from China. The world is a dangerous place and I suspect it always has been. Well, as a matter of fact, I know that the world has always been a very dangerous place, but now with this information age, we know a lot more about all the dangers in the world that are constant. We have a lot to be worried about. But again, Jesus speaks into our situation when Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you by worrying at a single hour to your lifespan? You're part of that more valuable community of God's creation. And God is taking care of us day by day, even moment by moment, in ways of which we are most of the time unaware. Consider the lilies of the field is what Jesus will say in a few more, uh, few more sentences. Consider the lilies of the field, how, how God cares for them. Life is hard, life is tough, the world is dangerous, but we need to always factor in the love of God for each one of us. We need to always factor in the love of God for our loved ones. We need to factor in the resources of the faith that have been given to us. There's a lot that we can do. There's a lot that we can do to help, to help mediate, to help uh, reduce the amount of anxiety in our lives. And sometimes we just don't do self-care very well. And that's why we're not a lot of use to other people sometimes because we don't know how to care for ourselves. And we have the resources, spiritual and otherwise, to care for ourselves so that we can be of benefit spiritually and otherwise, to the people around us. There's a lot we can do about reducing the level of anxiety in our lives and uh, finding joy in the midst of anxiety. You know, even, even medication and counseling, that's a great gift from God. And I hope that you'll never be slow to embrace God's great gifts to us. But the medical community and medication and counseling is one of God's great gifts to us. Uh, the statistics continue to say to us that like, in, that like 1 in 14 people in the United States have a diagnosable anxiety disorder. That's more prevalent among women. It's extremely prevalent among college-age students. And sometimes the medication, sometimes the counseling is a great gift from God to us. I'm, I'm rather fond, particularly of CBT, that is Cognitive Behavior Therapy. Uh, particularly when it's done by a Christian counselor, cognitive behavior therapy can be great, great benefit to helping us respond to life. There's some great gifts that God has given us, more than we ever imagined, and sometimes medication, sometimes counseling, particularly done by a Christian uh, psychologist or counselor, can be very beneficial for us. Don't be too slow to receive the gifts of God. But 
for most of the human race when we're just dealing with the situational anxiety that life brings to us, there's things we can do about that too. We can just go out and get some physical exercise. I know sometimes when I, hear my, when I feel my stress level rising and when I am experiencing that people seem to be getting on my nerves a little more quickly, <laughs> physical exercise can really be a remedy to that. Just go out and take a long walk. Uh, get some of your frustration out through physical exercise. Uh, that's a gift to us from God. You know, if you notice in the Bible, in the Gospels, we almost never see Jesus doing anything but walking to where he went. We have that one example of him riding a donkey into the Holy City on what we call Palm Passion Sunday, but he usually walked everywhere he went. And there's probably several reasons why he did that. But physical exercise can be a great gift to us as we're trying to deal with anxiety in, in our lives. And something else that's a great gift to us in our lives is when we're in those moments of great stress, anxiety, perhaps worry, just find something in your life where you can exercise a little control. A lot of people increase the stress of their life because they are, they are in analysis paralysis. That's what it's been called. We just keep analyzing the situation. And we don't do anything. We're paralyzed. We're, we are waiting to do the perfect solution. And sometimes that just paralyzes us and that adds to our stress, that adds to our anxiety. I'm a recovering perfectionist. I, I hope many of you are recovering perfectionists. One of my favorite quotations, um, the parents in the room are going to get a little anxious when I say this. So if you're under, let's say, the age of 18, come talk to me. This may not apply to you if you're under the age of 18. But for most of us, this does apply. One of my favorite quotations is from the, the great thinker G.K. Chesterton who said, anything worth doing is worth doing badly the first time. <laughs> you know, if we just would accept that motto, then perhaps we would uh, be a little more proactive. We could take care of a few more things in our life. Um, we could make a difference. I know for me, if my stress level's rising, if my anxiety level's rising, just can go and straighten up my man cave, straighten up my study, straighten up the kitchen. Um, and it makes me feel better. It makes me feel differently. You know, I find something in my life I can control rather than focusing on something in my life I can't control. And for me, that makes a difference. Uh, sometimes we just need to do something. Uh, and try to change the situation a little bit. God has given us remarkable spiritual resources. We wouldn't have the Ten Commandments and all the other imperatives in the Bible if we did not have the power to actually do something and to make a difference. And sometimes we need to exercise that great gift, that great grace God has given us to do something. So sometimes our life, just find something you can control and go control that because there's a lot of life we can't control. There's a lot of life we shouldn't even try to control. But there are some things we can control and exert a little energy there. Something else we can do to help alleviate the stress in our lives and anxiety is just make the decision to go out and do something for somebody else. 
you know, again, if I feel my stress level rising, if people are too quickly making me anxious, I, I go to one of the nursing homes, one of the retirement homes, I can go to the hospital, Highpoint Medical Center, and I, and I do something for someone else. I go and try to bring joy to someone else, and it's remarkable what that can do for me. I commend it to you. Sometimes when our life is making us so anxious, we need to sort of get out of ourselves for a little while and do something for someone else. Uh, I think some of the happiest older people that I encounter who are dealing with a lot of, of adverse situations in life are those who are giving themselves to volunteerism. You know, I love speaking to the volunteers at the hospital because they're there making a difference. They're there giving of themselves to other people. Sometimes it just makes a difference in our lives if we can get out of our own lives for a little while and get into somebody else's life and try to make a difference, try to bring some joy, even happiness to other people. Of course, for those of us that are Christ followers, the most important way of dealing with anxiety is utilizing the gifts of our faith. Prayer. I hope you're immersing your day in prayer. Meditation. Dr. Charlotta Phillips is teaching a, a powerful course right now in our church family on meditative prayer. Learn the practices, not of, not of Eastern meditation, where you empty your mind. Learn the practices of Christian meditation, where you fill your mind with the things of God, of Christ, of Scripture. But the power of prayer, the power of meditation, immersing our lives in Scripture so that we can more perfectly take on the mind of Christ, so that we can think differently and act differently and even feel differently. You know, it's so important to, to strengthen our spiritual resources. Part of what we're doing here today is strengthening our spiritual resources. You know, sometimes when you sail into the midst of the storm, it's hard in the midst of the storm to start working on your spiritual resources. You need to do that in advance before you sail into the storm so that when you sail into the storm, you've got the spiritual resources there to, um, to make a difference. You know there is a difference, and I suspect you've heard me say this. I, I hope that you know there's a big difference between happiness and joy. Now I'm in favor of happiness if you're defining happiness, and this is another sermon, if you're defining happiness like Plato, Aristotle, John Wesley, and the Christian tradition. You're defining happiness by living a life that is holy, by living a life uh, seeking to grow up in the image of Jesus Christ. That kind of happiness is fine, but happiness is based on the happenings in our lives. Happiness is too often dependent on the circumstances of life. I remember when I taught undergraduates New Testament uh, way back when, uh, you know, I would teach wonderful things all semester long and it seemed like at the end of the semester about the only thing they really remembered I said is there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is dependent upon happenings and circumstances and I suspect you know by this point in your life circumstances usually will not cooperate with us. The world really doesn't cooperate with us a lot of time. The world doesn't wake up every morning saying, let's see what we can do to make Jeff happy. It just doesn't work that way. But happiness is a good thing, particularly if we're achieving the kind of happiness that God wants us to achieve. But joy is different. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
Joy is a distinctively Christian term. Joy is something much deeper, much more profound than, than happiness. And it is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which means only the Holy Spirit can produce it in our lives. We have a lot of resources to deal with anxiety, but none of those will produce joy in our life. It's our relationship to God through Jesus Christ as we grow in our relationship to the Holy Spirit that allows joy to grow in our lives. I wish joy for all of us. I hope that as you are experiencing an anxious time in your life, you can pause, take a deep breath, and just remind yourself that you and God, you've, you've got this. You really do. You've got this. And that you are going to come out on the other side. This too will pass. It may pass like a kidney stone. <laughs> But this too will pass, and you will come out on the other side. I want, to, uh, I want to conclude by calling your attention uh, to Psalm 40. And I want us to look at it from the Passion Translation. If you're not familiar with the, the new Passion Translation, I, I commend it to you. It's a wonderful new translation. It's not really a word-for-word -word translation. It's kind of a thought-for-thought -thought translation. But the person who produced it is a great scholar of the original languages, so I think he does a really good job of, of capturing thought for thought in the Bible. In Psalm 40, we find David speaking. This is one of the Psalms of David. And I want you to notice the first three verses of Psalm 40. And I suspect uh, if you're a Christ follower for any amount of time, you can relate to this. Psalm 40, I'm going to begin reading at verse 1 of the Passion Translation, which is on the screen in front of you. David said, I waited and waited and waited some more, patiently knowing God would come through for me. I hope that you know that today, church. David continues, Then at last... He bent down and listened to my cry. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in. One of my mentors one time said, There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. He stooped down to lift me out of the danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess. I had fallen into. We all are so creative at making these muddy messes in our lives. But God will come into our lives and straighten out the messes that we make and even straighten out the person making the mess. We know what it's like to be in one of those muddy messes. It feels like we can't hardly put one foot in front of another because of the depth of the mud. He stooped down to lift me out of danger from the desolate pit I was in, out of the muddy mess I had fallen into. Now he's lifted me up into a firm, secure place and steadied me while I walk along his ascending path. We're going higher and higher and higher as we walk with Christ. And he will steady us 
as we go along the ascending path. I have people almost, I know on a weekly basis, perhaps on a daily basis, who will say things to me like, I could feel the prayers of my church family as I was going through that difficult time. That's the steadying presence of God in our life. As we're making our transition, we have to sometimes by faith, that by faith accept and know that we're on an ascending path. In verse 3, notice the outcome for David. A new song for a new day rises up in me. Every time I think about how he breaks through for me, I hope that when you're in a very anxious time and worry is seeking to overcome you, that you will just kind of hold on and hang in there knowing that God is at work and that you're going to come out on the other side because God will break through for you. You and God, you've, you've got this. Whatever it is you're going through. So David says, a new song for a new day rises up in me. I hope you know that new day is coming, regardless of what kind of day you're having right now. A new day for a, a new song for a new day rises up in me every time I think about how he breaks through for me. Ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth. I hope that you know that ecstatic praise pours out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free, how God has come through for me. Many will see God's miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and because of what they see God doing in my life, they will fall in love with God. Church, I hope all of us will be surrendered and submitted enough to live as trophies of God's grace, trophies of God's work in our lives. You are here right now because God is doing a work in your life. Receive it, and for God's sake and your sake, don't hinder it. Receive it and allow God to do God's work in your life. As you stand, you know, we.